This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Commercial with a state podcast. Welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm Corey Wright. And I'm Melissa Moretti. And Melissa, on the show today, we have, which is, as Matt would always say, is a, a fan favorite. Past guest past fan favorite. guest fan favorite, John Switzer of Impact Commercial Group. Why we wanted to have him on is we, I had received a bunch of emails after the interest rate hike took place last week. And whenever it comes to interest rates or financing, Impact Commercials are go-to. So we were our, our guest this week was very gracious to allow us to move him back a week, and we had to jockey a couple other people. But we wanted to get John on right away to find out interest rate hikes. Is there more hikes? What is going on? So John uh, was very gracious to take his time today to join us there. Before we get to that, uh, you were telling me about your... I've never heard about a more exciting opportunity in my life than a <laughs> bachelorette party in downtown Winnipeg with no uh-huh. beer. So can you maybe elaborate a little bit on your your past weekend there? Because I know, I know Adam and Matt are from Winnipeg, so yes. we can't say two negative things about it. But yeah, yeah. So, so, so tell it, how, how was the bachelorette party in Winnipeg, home of the mosquitoes in June with no beer? How did that go? <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, obviously, Winnipeg is not the top choice of brides for their bachelorette weekends, but my friend had family there. So we went and spent some time with them and, and did a few things, but none of us are big drinkers. And so we had a pretty PG weekend, but, um, overall, you know, there, there's a couple good things. There's, they've got a really nice spa. We did a spin class. I would say, you know, if I wasn't with my friends doing the best things Winnipeg has to offer, my rating of the city may be, you know, about a three, but, but I gave it a 6.5. So, 6.5. So, yeah. so it's clearly to say this is on your next vacation list then. Well, I've already been there. So. Yeah. So you're not, yeah. not going back anytime soon. I have okay. to say though, I, I do see why Adam and Matt have come to Vancouver. It really makes you appreciate it's, it really nails it down. You know, usually you go, you go away and, and you feel like, Oh, you come back. You love Vancouver. Yeah. This time I was like, you know, I really felt it in my soul. So when you came back over here, you're like, I don't mind paying five thousand for rent. I don't mind paying four million for a house. Just get me out of Winnipeg. Get me into BC. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Awesome. So, without further ado, let's get to our interview today because it does run a little bit long there, and I know there's a lot to unpack in it. Enjoy, guys. John Switzer, managing partner, Impact Commercial Group, breaking down interest rate increases and what is happening. All right, let's go. This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. 
Impact Commercial, John, Allen, the team over there are fantastic. They've been, all been on the show. They have, yeah. Friends of the show. Great guys. Wealth of experience. They can help with all your commercial financing needs. Whether it's owner-occupiers, land development funds, commercial investments, or multifamily, these guys got you covered. And they recently obtained their CMHC correspondent lender status. So for all your commercial lending needs, visit them at impactcommercial.ca. That's impactcommercial.ca. So we're here today with John Switzer, Managing Partner, Impact Commercial Group. John, how are you doing today? Uh, doing uh, just fine, guys, despite a uh, rather volatile environment here. <laughs> well, uh, John, you need no introduction. You've been on so many times, and, and obviously why we want to have you back on is as the podcast for the people, we like to say, I was inundated with emails over the past couple of weeks asking about interest rates, what's happening, all this stuff. So we had to quickly stop everything, call John and Al at Impact Commercial, move some guests around to get them on today so we can find out what the is going on out there with interest rates. So John, before we kind of get to that, because like I said, you do need no introduction, but there might be a couple of listeners out there that haven't heard your previous episodes. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure thing, yes. Yeah. So, um, so prior to getting into the uh, commercial mortgage business, I was on the, the finance side. So uh, dealt with uh, municipalities and, and some larger institutions on uh, on cash management. So we did some some bond trading and things like that. Uh, more exciting than it probably sounds, I, I actually uh, made it through some of the very challenging times in the in the financial sector from uh, when I started in March 2008, the day before the uh, the Bear Stearns crash. So, oh, good time! Good time! <laughs> great time for a new career in finance, but uh, but no, it was, it was an amazing learning experience. Um, after uh, a pretty good stint there, I brought a lot of those tools over to Impact Commercial back in 2017. And it's just been a uh, a wild ride and tons of fun. Loving uh, loving being here every day and trying to just keep on top of all these uh, these very wild uh, you know quick changes going on in the in the market these days. So, well, as I said at the the top of the show here, that's exactly why we wanted to have you on. Uh, last week, the Bank of Canada raised the rate, the overnight posted rate by. 0.25% or 25 basis points. If we look at kind of the start of this year, the sediment kind of the takeaway probably was there was a plateau in rates earlier this year. And we kind of thought that's how the year was going to kind of finish out. There was some stuff happening down South with some of the banks down there that was causing some impact in the, in the, uh, in the States there in the banking sector. Sure. Fast forward to June, interest rates have moved up 25 basis points. What is going on? Yeah, and I mean, uh, I would actually say, you know, I can't remember if exactly it was the la end of last year, beginning of this year, there was actually started to be talk of uh, potentially, a, you know, an earlier rate cut in the middle sort of this year, especially in the U.S. They were talking about that. Um, originally, we were thinking, we meaning the economists that I, you know, follow closely, uh, it, it was kind of starting to be consensus that there might be the first cut at the Bank of Canada that towards the end of this year. And uh, and then all of a sudden, we're, uh, we're back on talking about rate hikes. So yeah, it was a major, major 180, uh, you know, in the, in the messaging from 
the Bank of Canada. And then it was a surprise right up until the day of the hike, because, uh, you know, most of the the sort of talking heads were, were talking about potentially a July hike and, and more kind of confidence growing that they that they might hike in July. And then they seemed to kind of jump the gun and, and hike in June. So it surprised the bond market. You know, I, I heard that it actually made some uh, some waves across the global bond markets just because you know it was, it was it was that much of a surprise so so that's where we are and then now it's sort of uh you know you've got a lot of the the big five bank economists or there's not that many big five banks but uh you've got at least a couple of the guys that uh saying that they you know they pretty much expect another hike in july although it's always you know a data dependent thing and I think that that's important. Like there, there are head games going on with central bankers. Like they're they're playing head games with the with the population a little bit. It's it's how they can kind of keep things in check, right? So, so we have to be a little careful um, following the the language too closely. They're always leaving themselves lots of leeway, and most importantly, like I, I think, along with a lot of people smarter than me, that they are they are purposely overshooting here, so they're you know they're taking a bit of a bazooka to inflation, even though it doesn't feel like it with uh, with a quarter rate hike. It seems kind of minor, but a lot of people you know don't think they needed to do that at all. So you know I really do think they're overshooting to make sure that they get a handle on inflation, and that's largely because. I also believe they they waited way too long with rates way too low during and after the pandemic. So it's a reputational thing now, right? They're I think they'd rather almost mislead the market into like, yeah, we're we're not afraid to keep raising and raising and raising until inflation is dead. But I think they'd they'd rather go back on that word than go down in history as, you know, dropping the ball on on reigning in inflation. So, so there's there's lots we could unpack there. First off, another 25 basis point rate increase. Why and when? Uh, <laughs> okay, again, I'm not an economist. Always uh, should have should have thrown that one out there at the beginning. But uh, no, 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 no. We hold you to everything. <laughs> I, I, you know, I wouldn't be. Nothing would surprise us now, right? Like I think we can all kind of say that. I think if they if they raise another 25 in July. Not going to be a surprise at all, although if you told me that, or pretty much anyone that two or three months ago, uh, it certainly would have been a surprising uh, sentiment, but that's where we are now. That the, the bank, again, I just think they're trying to they're trying to spook the market into submission. Um, we, we've still got you know persistent uh, strength in employment. Um, we, we saw the uh, the CPI come down. Quite a bit in the U.S. from 490 to 400 basis points, um, but the core inflation is, is still very strong. So that's excluding food and energy, is being very very stubborn. So that's what they're watching. But, you know, we also there's there's a lot of data coming in that's looking like the brakes are starting to be applied here in the economy. So um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of the listeners saw that uh, we we had a 20 year low in Q1. New mortgage origination, you know, on the residential side. So actually, I'm, that may even include commercial, but residential is a, is a much bigger basket. So 
that that's a big one, and and obviously uh, a lot a lot less money sloshing around. And along with that news came also news of lowering uh, disposable in or uh, you know decreasing disposable income. So those things are going to start to have a, a meaningful impact. And and when inflation does start to grow a lot slower, which is really what we're hoping for here, it's not it's not inflation actually. You know, going into the negative, it's just that growth needs to slow in inflation from current four percent range down to that uh, two to three percent range. So, when that does start to happen, it, it can happen pretty quickly, and <clears throat> we could see this uh, Bank of Canada sentiment change very, very quickly. Just like it, just like it has surprised us to the uh, to the hawkish side, as they say, when they are raising rates or tightening, it, it can happen the opposite to the dovish side uh, very, very quickly. So that's what I think is going on now. Just they're, they're overshooting. Um, they haven't even given enough time for these, uh, you know, cr- this crazy pace and magnitude of rate hikes to, to actually work into the economy. All the, all the economists say it, you know, it depends who you listen to, but they say kind of eight to 14 months, whatever the case, it takes a long time for, any central bank policy around the world to actually work its way through the economy. So that means that if you look at, you know, the let's let's take a 12-year example, the rate hikes that happened last March would have only been kicking in this March. So for them to still be raising now without really understanding the, the longer-term effects of this policy in the last kind of 14, 15 months, you know, it's it's really interesting. I, I just think they're they're taking a a, a massive club to uh, to inflation here, and, and with the goal of overshooting. And how much does our neighbors to the south impact our interest rates up here? If they tend to slide down there, do we kind of mirror that? Not saying that we want the American economy to fall apart, but it definitely seems they're probably in a more challenging position than we are right now. If that continues to go down that road, do we mirror what they do, or are we do, can we stand alone on ourselves and not have our dollar get destroyed if they drop and we hold? Well, there's the odd, uh, there's the old adage that when the U.S. catches a cold, Canada catches pneumonia, right? So, um, so that is that is something. But I, I actually, do, I actually would push back a little bit that the U.S. is in more trouble. Like one of the things down there is the average American feels a, an interest rate hike way less than Canadians because of their 30-year mortgage term. So if you walk down the street and ask anybody, you know, you see when's their next mortgage renewal, you're going to get answers from, you know, the odd person might say in the next two to three years, but you're going to have people saying, oh, 17 years, 22 years, right? Like these effects are not felt the same way in the U.S. So they have the ability to raise more than Canada without, um, and, and basically have the same effect with a larger raise down there than, you know, a smaller raise up here. So because we are so real estate dependent, you know, and we have a lot less economic diversification in, uh, in Canada, like we just feel all of these, uh, all of these actions a lot more in our day-to-day lives than, than Americans. So, but, uh, you know, to that point, uh, the FOMC held rates. They really hinted at raising in July, but again, it's this kind of uh, you know tug of war with with their reputation. Like uh, m- most people think that 
that Jerome Powell has has dropped the ball by leaving rates again, uh, you know, way too low for way too long. So most or most people again smarter than me think that he's uh, he's overshooting as well, right? So and everybody's always going to be watching the U.S. for uh, for guidance. Now, obviously, the bond market dictates what we do. The overnight posted rate dictates what we do. For the listeners that haven't caught your previous episodes, can you maybe just recap what the bond market impacts and what the overnight posted rate pack or rate impacts, you know, variable versus fixed? Yeah. So, I mean, in simplest terms, the um, the overnight rate pretty much directly drives the bank prime rate. We call it the bank prime rate, but all, all the, um, you know, the banks pretty much carry the same prime rate. So, so the spread over the Bank of Canada overnight rate is is two point two percent. That's been fixed for a long time. So when you hear, you know, the Bank of Canada has raised rates since last March from point two five percent to four point seven five percent. Now that means that the prime rate is at six point nine five because you're adding two point two percent. So then you have the, the spread over or under prime, depending what you're doing. In in residential, there's often a uh, a discount to prime, as most of us probably know. Uh, in commercial, there's usually a spread above prime. So um, I would say the average kind of commercial spread on a variable mortgage is is one percent over prime. But there can be you know a big fluctuation there. You can have construction loans at Two to two and a half percent over prime, and and then way up, and you can have uh, really strong borrowers at basically borrowing at prime in commercial. So huge range there, very dependent on underwriting, you know, the borrower and the property. Uh, so then on the fixed rate side, you're always pretty much measuring a spread over the uh, government of Canada bond yield, and that is specific to any term you're looking at. So if you're looking at a two-year mortgage term, then you're going to be looking at the spread over the two-year bond yield. Mostly, you know, in Canada, we're looking at the five-year uh, bond yield over the long run. That's definitely the the sort of the benchmark term is five years. So in that, we have seen uh, we have seen lender spreads go up. Back in March, we were we were looking at a spread of of just over kind of two percent with with our uh, our lowest cost lenders. And uh, just this week, we got some quotes that were 2.35% over prime. So we're looking at same lender, but now we have much higher bond yields and a higher spread. So you're not only getting hit by, you know, action in the bond market, you're also getting hit by the lender pricing in an additional premium. So you just have this uh, compounding pressure on, on borrowers, right? So the pink elephant, the the big pink elephant in the room here is is kind of where do rates go over the next twelve months? And I guess the bigger question is when do they come down? Like, where do you obviously? I mean, is there is there indicators that we need to watch for that potentially will give us the the indication that fast forward a quarter after that happens, they start to bolt come down? Is there consensus twenty twenty four we're coming down? Where are we in six months to a year from now with these rates? Yeah, obviously super hard to say, but I'm happy to just give my sort of uh, opinion based on, you know, feeling being being through a few economic cycles and in, in, in a couple of different roles. Obviously, you're always going to be watching GDP 
uh, you're going to be watching core inflation more so than the than the CPI because core strips out you know arguably the most volatile items of uh, of food and energy, and you're looking at uh, at employment. So those have all been uh, you know stubbornly high, although although GDP is showing some signs of of cracking, which is actually you know sort of counterintuitive, but that's what we're all kind of hoping for. We don't necessarily want to see a deep recession because that causes a lot of pain, but we we definitely want to see some economic weakness because we need uh, obviously these central banks to have have enough enough information to be able enough data to be able to say. Okay, I think we're actually done now. And then when when that happens, we should start to see uh first thing that should happen is bond yield should should start to come down very quickly. Um we we've overlaid the uh the, the bond yield with the uh Bank of Canada overnight rate over the course of time and, and we've seen that almost always the bond market accurately predicts where the Bank of Canada is going. So it's been very touch and go the last kind of year, but over you know, over longer term, that's what you'll see. So that that's the first thing I'd watch for is is some of those uh, economic indicators leading to a rally in the bond market, or or inverse of that is yields coming down very quickly in the bond market, and uh, and then I would expect that we'll we'll start gearing up for you know the first rate hike. Some of the the kind of pundits in the U.S. are talking about i believe middle of 2024 is where they're expecting it but keep in mind everybody's been so wrong on all of their predictions like the most aggressive uh big five bank economists and uh you know i won't name any names but the most aggressive of the group was calling for i think uh 270 like 2.75 percent as the top of the interest rate cycle. So, you know, there was, and and then you had guys down at saying it was going to max out at 2%. Well, now we're at 4.75% and probably going to five. And, and these are arguably the strongest guys or the uh, smartest guys in the room. Right. So it's, uh, it's really, really tough to say, but like my gut keeps coming back to just believing that the, the, the central banks got it so wrong leading us out of the pandemic and and you know arguably they never even should have cut as much as they did so they overshot by a mile to the downside they're going to overshoot probably at least as much to the upside just to make sure they they get control of this right and when that happens i i think it'll be it'll be done for a while like we'll be into the next economic cycle no, let's just say hypothetically rates don't come off when we're all hoping. Is there a, a a doomsday scenario where there's probably a lot of fixed mortgages, whether that be late 2024, early 2025, or whenever that time is, that are coming up for renewal, probably both on the residential and the commercial side, that there's kind of a doomsday that if rates don't come off by this time period, this is when we're going to see a lot of people coming out of their 3.5 fixed mortgage from 2018 or 2020 and they're going to get whapped and then that's going to create even bigger issues is there is there a sort of a scenario like that that people are watching for or try to hopefully turn about void uh i mean honestly Corey, it depends who you talk to because you, you you can talk to some people today that are that are living that out right now and um and the bank of canada has its own projections that 
people are going to be renewing with mortgage payments 40% higher this year. Not not everybody, but there are you know enough situations where the Bank of Canada is actually putting it in their literature that some people will have a 40% increase to their mortgage payments. We've also heard some scenarios recently, like very recently, last couple of weeks, where the banks are all of a sudden just jacking up the the uh, the spread on lines of credit. So don't quote me, but I think it was like someone that uh, one of the big five banks had a line of credit at prime plus two and a half. And all of a sudden they got a letter saying they're at, they're at prime plus six and a half or something like that. So it's kind of like if you're in a good position, you, you can weather the storm and, and you're probably never going to feel that, that like it's doomsday, but some people are, are, are there right now. And, you know, the, the bank's not stupid. They're, they're watching what's happening in, in, uh, households in Canada and, and the U S and they know they can't keep raising. Like they just, they cannot keep raising indefinitely. So, and then the other thing to think about is the longest kind of period that we see the central bank interest rates plateau before they start cutting is is kind of two years and that that's a bit of a bit of an outlier it's usually i think thinking back to some of the the uh, charts we looked at it's, it's more like you know six to eight months to a year and a half is kind of the sweet spot for how long rates stay elevated so uh, yeah i i just i have to think that we're not far off from uh from the top and and Pretty much everybody still believes that, but again, everybody's been very, very wrong. So <laughs> take it with a grain of salt. So you're on the commercial mortgage end of this this whole thing. Have you guys seen the on the lender side? Have you seen deals tail off that are coming in, or is there certain asset classes and or areas that are still strong, or become stronger with higher interest rates? Uh, stronger with higher interest rates? Probably not. Um, I mean, there's, there's still, there's still strength out there and it's, it's very property dependent, right? And it also obviously is very asset class dependent. So in, uh, like in the multifamily class, you have, um, you have the option to go with CMHC, uh, CMHC and you're still seeing rates over there in kind of, you know, the, uh, the mid fours with, with uh, longer amortization and and longer terms available, so so you can still make the numbers work in in multifamily. And obviously, there's a much bigger conversation there around we're bringing uh, a million people into Canada a year, and um, and we're not really building any housing. So it's arguable that rents are are going to go through the roof. I don't need to belabor that one too much because you've had. Uh, you know, guests on that are much more entrenched in that than I am. I've spoken at length about it, but um, so uh, so multifamily. I think all the lenders still want to lend on it. There's tons of good product out there that that still makes sense. You know, industrial. Anytime you have kind of a market with with global uh, global low around one percent vacancy rates, and and you know most of the the brokers around town will tell you that it's more like a structural zero percent vacancy. It's just that there's movement around the market. You're always going to have strength there. People people need it. So what you're seeing there is you know price growth or at least stability in industrial isn't being led by by investors. It's it's being led by owner users. And you actually even see it in the appraisals. You have 
the income approach is always appraised lower than the direct comparison approach because owner users don't care about the fundamentals of the investment. They just need that to continue to operate their business, right? So, so yeah, same old story, beds and sheds with, uh, with multifamily and industrial, very strong, lots of, lots of money to lend on those. You know, open air retail that especially, you know, we call it a covered land play with, um, with redevelopment potential down the road, but strong holding, uh, holding income in the meantime. Those are, you know, everybody wants to lend on those because everybody understands it. You're, you're able to debt service the mortgage for as long as you want with the current use and down the road, you're most likely, likely going to have a, a huge lift, either developing it yourself or, Getting it ready for uh, for development and and flipping it to uh, you know the the final developer. So so yeah, I mean to answer your question, there's there's still lots of liquidity out there amongst the big uh, the big lenders. There are situations where there's not as much liquidity amongst some of the sort of uh, alternative B lenders, but that's more of a case by case sort of in individual circumstances. So um, yeah, lots of money out there for the right asset and the right borrower. Well, John, we appreciate you jockeying your schedule to come join us on such short notice here to kind of give us an update of what's going on. But before we let you go, we do have our six-pack lighthearted questions. Now, we've had to completely rework these on the fly because you've done them so often. So if you've got just a couple more minutes to hang out with us, it would be great. Yeah, absolutely. The six-pack is powered by our good friends over at Red Point Law. Red Point Law, Corey, Tim, Falco, Scott, and the team, these are great people with a wealth of experience when it comes to commercial closings and private lending. And I just want to say, Corey, not to cut you off, they have a perfect five-star review on Google. So for all your commercial legal needs, visit them at redpointlaw.ca with offices in Vancouver and now open in downtown Kelowna. First question up. A quote that inspires you or a quote that you live by? Uh, I mean, we, we all hear this all the time, but I really do try to live by it. Um, perfection is the enemy of greatness, right? So I have struggled with being a perfectionist in the past, and it, it rarely gets you you know ahead uh, faster. So definitely try to live by that one. All right, next question. What's one book you recommend our listeners read? Okay, uh, that's an easy one right now with uh, interest rates, you know, going up at a record pace. I'm I'm reading Art of War, <laughs> Re- revisiting that one. <laughs> good choice. Good. I thought I thought after perfection is the enemy of greatness. I thought you were going to say Good to Great by Jim Collins because <laughs> no. he quotes that that great or good is the enemy of great. Yeah, and that, and that's a good book for sure too. All right, next question up. Post pandemic, are you wearing a suit and tie to the office or sweater and a golf shirt? Uh, right now I'm wearing a golf shirt. Um, I don't remember the last time I wore a tie. Suits are pretty infrequent, but that was also the case prior to the pandemic. So we're, we're just kind of, uh, we'll, we'll call it business casual here at, uh, Impact Commercial. Business casual, Lulu's on Fridays. <laughs> potentially, potentially. Potentially, potentially. All right. Next question. You have unlimited funds. Interest rates don't matter. What's your dream car? Oh boy, I'm a big car guy, so that that is a bit of a head. Oh, this is a good question then. Yeah, what's the thought you of know this what? One? There's a it's a crazy one, but since you since you asked, there's one called the Aston Martin Valkyrie, 
Uh, I'd recommend Googling that for any uh, car nuts out there. They probably already know what it is, but it's just uh, a nutty. nutty it's, funny, it's funny you say that. I think Adam at the podcast has one of those. Oh, I'm sure he does. Got, yeah, yeah. He owns property in Kelowna. I'm sure he has one. So for, for, <laughs> for our listeners and for me, how much would this Aston Martin run me? Or are you, your, is, your, is your car not mine? How much would you be paying for it? Uh, the market value, I have no idea. I, I highly doubt you can buy one. Uh, there's probably, you know, they're probably all gone. But if you bought it in the private market, I'd have to guess four or five million bucks. Four or five Ooh. million dollars for it. Now, this is one of those appreciating cars, not depreciating cars, I'm guessing. I'm, I'm guessing too, yeah. Especially with uh, with 4% inflation, right? <laughs> <laughs> Something you've purchased that's had a positive impact on your life for fifteen hundred dollars or less. Uh, so let's stick with the car theme. I'm uh, working on a, an older BMW, so just some uh, some parts for that, which is always uh, get a ton of uh, pleasure out of that. And when you say older BMW, can you elaborate on what this old BMW is? Uh, it's it's not super old, but it's a, it's a two thousand eight wagon so i'm into the uh, i'm the family guy that also is a car guy so the wagon is a nice uh you know performance wagon is, is a nice in between for me there you go minivan <laughs> suv but instead we got a wagon yeah well uh my wife's got the suv and i have got, I've got okay. the compromise there you go there yeah. you go all right next question favorite sport or sports team uh i mean i have to go with the canucks painful as it uh, it's always been i certainly can't go with the seahawks anymore uh on the nfl side so yeah we'll stick with uh the canucks and just just hope for the best so john we have we have a bonus question here today okay on a scale of one to ten how good of a golfer am i (laughs) (laughs) and i'm asking john this because john this past weekend we had our william wright whistler retreat and John was in my golf group. So me and John played together for the 18 holes up there at the Worcester Golf and Country Club. And then John, how good is my golf game on a, a scale of 1 to 10? 10 being Tiger Woods, <laughs> 1 being probably better than I am. In a, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you grade my golf game? In all honesty, I'm not a good, uh, not a good resource for this because I was so focused on not losing my uh, my 14th ball. I just was laser focused on my own game. But uh, I'd say you're around where I'm at, which which then you know uh, you know I'm not insulting you too bad. I, I'd say like uh, <laughs> in the mid range, uh, you know. The mid range. Yeah. Well, that's more than I thought. I was going to give myself probably a negative two and a half. No, no, because I was probably and 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 this probably talks about how John plays golf. How I measure my golf game. If I come off the course and I tell you I'm minus six, that means I've lost six balls. Yeah. If I come off the course and I'm plus 12, I found 12 <laughs> more balls than I started with. So that's that's a good score. I love that philosophy. How I keep the, that's how it is. But if I, if I come up plus 10, you know I've hit my ball in the fescue quite a bit because obviously I've been looking for my ball in the bush and I've clearly found other ones. Yeah, so, and the deeper you all in all, the deeper you hit it into the fescue, the more balls you find. So um, I, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm and, and, and here, that and, one for sure. And here's the way I look at it, right? Like I'm paying the same price as everybody else. If I play with a really good guy and he only gets 64 shots and he paid the same price as me and I got 120 shots, I got better value for my dollar. I got double the shots this guy did. Very sound logic. So that's the way, 
that's the way we play. That's the way we play golf here at the William Wright Whistler Retreat. We do it every year. Yeah. John, for all of our listeners there, I want to find out more about what you're doing over Impact Commercial and interest rates and all of that stuff. How can they get a hold of you? Uh, no, thanks. Uh, I would I would say just look on our website. Um, we got a bunch of great brokers now. I think there's uh, seven total of us now with with some support staff. So lots of experience amongst the whole group. So um, yeah, you know, figure out who who you think you're kind of going to kind of jive with. And everyone's contact information is there. Uh, you can access us all on uh, you know LinkedIn uh, is probably the best social media resource as well. So. Um, yeah, we, we, we'd love to hear from anybody we uh, we can help. Well, John, thank you so much for taking your time out of your busy schedule to join us here. Give us a, a breakdown of what's uh, yet to come uh, in the side of the uh, the financial markets and the interest rates. Anytime, guys, as best I can, but always happy to, uh, to try to weigh in. Great. Thanks so much, John. Take Thanks, care. Thanks, John. Right, Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. There you have it, folks. Our interview today with John Switzer, managing partner, Impact Commercial. I'm really glad we had him on because there was some stuff there that I didn't foresee or anticipate that he kind of unpacked a lot there for us, that there might be potentially another rate hike. Maybe in 2024, we're starting to come back off. At this point, I think uh, you know his conclusion, as is most, is most economists, the Bank of Canada, everyone that's tried to predict interest rates has been wrong. Yeah. So even now, reading into what they're saying, they could be wrong again, and we could be having a show in six months from now where maybe we're 25 basis points below where we're at today. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Time will tell. Always great having John on it. Well, so on the residential side, obviously, in- interest rates have gone up. Do you foresee that having an impact on the housing side, or is it, are, are we still inventory levels still so low yeah. that people are still buying? I would say the only thing that's going to have a big impact on things is if inventory starts to come out. A lot of inventory, right? Do you foresee that? Is there is there grumblings about that or is it kind of like, um, hey? I don't necessarily think so. No, no, because the thing is where are people going, right? Yeah, that's, point. that's kind of, you know, the the story, right? But right now it's still very competitive. I've got buyers who are in multiple offers. Things are going subject free. Not every property, but you're seeing it, right? Yeah. Where we weren't seeing it in, you know, September, October, right? So supply and demand. Yeah. It's been the same problem here for decades. It'll be the same problem for decades. Let's after. just say it's not Winnipeg. It's not it's not Winnipeg. We don't have the same sprawl. Yeah, that's true. And, and with all due respect to any listeners that join us from Winnipeg, there might be one or two, maybe. Maybe yeah. maybe well, you know, yeah. Adam and Matt are from you there. Maybe, there could be more listeners from Winnipeg than Their we know. Their dad, Jim. Jim, yeah. Shout out to Jim. Yeah, to Jim. Apparently, and 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 I've never I haven't fortunately have not met Jim yet. But I always hear from Adam that when his dad rates the show good or bad, that's what dictates Absolutely. What the next shows sound like. Yeah. Right. So Jim, if you are listening, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you yet, but if you could highly, highly rate this show and tell Adam how great of a job we are doing, we would appreciate <laughs> that because I'm sure as in most businesses, if the economy slows, there's going to be cutbacks and me and Melissa might be looking for a new job. So right. Jim, if you could let Adam know uh, just how good we're doing would be greatly appreciated. And for all those who do still want to buy and sell real estate, they can reach me on the commercial side at 604 604- 428-5255 at our Vancouver office. Let us know what you're looking for. We'll put you in touch with the best broker within the province. You can send me an email, Corey at WilliamWright.ca or visit our website, WilliamWright.ca and sign up for the latest and greatest news. And for all of those people 
who wants to go buy real estate on the residential side in multiple offers, subject free. Melissa, how can they get a hold of you? You can call me at 778-869-4477 or email me at melissa at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. Well, also, guys, if you want to sell. If you want to sell. It's a good time. We're looking for sellers. Yeah. We're looking, looking we're, for sellers. We're looking for sellers right now. So sellers, if you're out there and you want to sell your house, get a hold of Melissa. She's going to sell it unconditionally, over asking, there multiple offers, guaranteed, or she buys it from you. Hey, there you go. There you go. There you go. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll be back next week with another exciting guest. All right. Subscribe today.